Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. It is time for part three of Confronting Christmas, the spiritual man perspective. Friends, I know it's offensive. I'm, I'm going to say this every part. I don't know how long this is going to be, but like, here we are at the outset of part three. Man, I'm telling you, <laughs> I feel like a basketball coach in the, in the we'll say in the second quarter. It's, it's almost halftime. I'm looking at my pages that I've got. No, boy, it's not, it's not close to halftime. And I'm just like, all right, team, stick with me. <laughs> I'm glad you're still here. <laughs> I really do feel that way. If you've made it to part three, then amen. Awesome. Let's continue. Let's continue in humility. Man, I'm telling you, I'm up here in the upper room of my barn, and I'm just pacing around, and I'm just excited at just the possibility of the freedom that can come to God's people when we just start at the simple fact of response, response, response. Oh God, I'm just open-handed. Have every single thing I value, that I cherish, that I hold on to, that I celebrate, Traditions of my family, my family itself. God, just take it all. Take it all, take it all. It's all yours. Man, I get stoked at even the possibility that there's one person that's made it to part three right here and is listening with that posture of heart to say, you know what? Maybe it is wrong. Who cares? Who cares if I'm wrong? Who cares if something that I love is wrong? Because you know what? It's not worth it if it's not sourced in God, right? So I'm kind of stoked about that. I'll just be honest. We just wrapped up talking just, I mean, the tiniest of, tiniest bit of the pagan origins of Christmas and how it was, from the outset, it was, it was made to be Christian. It was made to be Christian. It was joined in with the worldly celebrations of men in order to be able to celebrate because they weren't allowed to. So if we make it Christian, we can. And, by the way, the real reason, we can reach the world if we do this. So we will not, we're not adopting their festival now. We're going to make it our own. We're going to take it and make it ours and make it about Jesus so that the world will come to us. Well, friend, that has not happened. That has not happened. That has not happened. Do you hear what I'm saying? That has not worked. Christmas is less Christ-centered now than it's ever been, and we'll get to that here in a little bit. Nobody can argue that point because even evangelical America says that. And I just want to make this clear to start out part three. To be clear that my views don't originate in some horrible childhood and I'm just this ogre of a man who hates Christmas, and I hate celebrating things. You know, I want to make that clear, because if you don't know me, how would you know that that's just, he's just some angry guy who hates the holidays? So let me just give you a, a very brief but necessary background. I had a fantastic childhood in light of family and holidays. We lived about 10 or 15 minutes from my grandparents on my dad's side, about an hour from my uh, mother's parents. Fantastic holiday celebrations on both sides. Thanksgiving on my mom's side. Christmas and every other single thing all the way to birthdays in my dad's side. Fantastic memories that I could sit down right now and I could talk for hours about the awesome childhood experiences I had specifically around Christmas time for myself and for my family. 
I could tell you the or- what the ornaments looked like. I could tell you where the huge television sat in the corner. I could tell you where my great-grandparents sat on the chairs in the living room as they smoked their pipe and watched me open my matchbox cars. Y'all, I'm telling you, I have awesome memories of Christmas. Holiday celebrations with my family was awesome. The meals, the food, the laughing, the playing with my cousins, awesome memories. Hands down, they, rem- they, they remain some of the greatest memories of my life. The tree, the gift, the lights, I love all of it. Really, seriously. In myself, in my own preference, I would love to do all of that with my eight-year-old son. All of it. Give me all of it. We'll go cut the tree down. We'll go decorate it. We'll put up lights over every inch of the house. I will buy him so many gifts he can't even open them all. You hear what I'm saying? Get me gifts. I would like to do that. I would enjoy doing that. Please hear what I'm saying. I would do it all. I would, I'm not some Scrooge. I would love for my son to have fun memories like that. Awesome times of Christmas as a child. I would like for him to have that in myself as a natural daddy. But, listen friends, but the conviction of my heart before the Lord God eternal, as I'm one striving to keep what He has ordained and what pleases Him, and abstain from the enticing patterns of the world and everything that's sourced in the traditions of men, that won't allow it. I cannot do it. I can't do it. I could do it, and I'd be in, I would be in disobedience. I would. Well, brother, that's not my conviction, so like, praise the Lord for your conviction. Go have that. Okay, well, can you just give me a little more room to say why and what if it's not a personal conviction? I've already set the table pretty well for part one and two about what I'm saying and why. I, again, this is not some personal revelation and conviction that's just for me in my house. So y'all go do what y'all want, and we're just going to stay home tonight and be godly. I'm not saying that. I'm saying this is something I believe has been hidden for the people of God to, to reclaim and walk out once again. So I just can't give myself to it anymore. Solely based on what? My biblical beliefs. My convictions based upon the holy scriptures of God. And what he says is blessed by him, received and accepted by him unto himself. There's no way I could embrace the natural attraction of the season that I do have and lay down my spiritual convictions. There's no way. Now, I'm fully aware that most just throw this out immediately saying, well, we just believe different. I just believe different in you, friend. Yes and amen. I'm saying, like, that's the problem. That's the problem. We all pick and choose our own convictions, like personal convictions, based upon our own preference. And we just stop there. If nothing else, please recognize that what I'm saying, what I'm saying is right, opposes my personal preference. This is not a personal preference issue. I am not doing what I want by not celebrating Christmas. I want to. 
in my natural flesh man. Not in a sinful, rebellious man. That man's dead. But the man that I pinched my, my little wrist right here right now, and I feel it, that man would enjoy the celebration. But I choose to believe that, that living a sacrifice lifestyle in this case, abandoning the ways and traditions of men is a worthwhile exchange. I've seen it firsthand, y'all. We, which is myself and my household, we continue to cut the ties to the world that we have had for our whole lives. Painful ties, I'll add. Painful. But when we are, we're continuing to see more and more intimacy with the Father. That is like, it's, it's, for us, it's like this was just on the other side of the abandoning of what we enjoy and what we know in our own traditions. It's like, as soon as we move that obstacle out of the way, it's like, boom, another place, another threshold, another level of intimacy with the Father. Well, what was between us? Ourselves, our preferences, our traditions. What we just, we just do it. And we, well, we just make it godly. I'm not being ungodly. I don't drink at Christmas parties. I don't cuss much at Christmas parties. I sing about Jesus being in the, the, the baby in the manger. I do it all. I'm not ungodly in it. I'm not talking about that. That's juvenile thinking. We're talking about what was sourced in the eternal God for us to celebrate and walk out again, because he said, this is from me. Free from mixing. I'll get to that more later. But if what we do is genuine and fueled by the Spirit of God within us, we will have an insatiable desire to be found pleasing to the Lord. So that when things like this that we love and we cherish and we cling to so tight, I don't want to let go of that. It's not hard because it's like, Lord, this is painful now. This is true denial of myself and my will. But you know what? Yeshua, the Messiah, who, who I am to celebrate, how about celebrating him like this? Celebrate him and his coming as Emmanuel by being obedient with a yielded life. By living out a yielded life. A no longer I that live life. Is that not celebrating the Emmanuel reality more than anything else on the earth? Is actually being an Emmanuel God-man in the lineage of the firstborn of many brethren? What in the world recognizes the birth and the coming of the God-man more than fulfilling why he came in the first place? Not my will. Your will. That is the greatest response and celebration of the Emmanuel reality is ourselves walking as he walked and therefore being Emmanuel ourselves in the here and now. And friends, I'm just saying we've, we have traded that in for gifts and Christmas trees. We will have one or the other. Something else I want to touch on because I know here's another one. This is like a little subset underneath the offense. Advent calendars. I wish I could see people listening to this as I say certain things. Do are is your face cringing? 
Did you just reach for the stop button and like, nah, I'll give him 10 more seconds. Man, this guy. I mean, I'd love to know what anyone's thinking. Should anyone still be listening right now? This may just be sitting out in the internet land lonely. I don't know. Do a quick internet search for out for advent calendar. Would you do that? Just sometime when you're sitting on your phone tonight? Now, the Advent season, as far as I understand it, is very interesting. I spent a couple hours on it. I'm no historian on the, historian on the Advent season now. I know a couple people in particular who could, who could probably help me understanding their view of how they understand the Advent season. Not just opinion, but like true belief for a purpose. But what I know from looking into a couple years ago and a little bit this year as well, Adventus was translated out of the word perusia. Now, this word was often correlated to the looking towards the second coming, the arrival of Messiah, the return of Messiah, which, of course, is absolutely synonymous to his original coming as the Christ child baby. It signified an an anticipatory waiting of the arrival of the Messiah and also remembered his first entrance into the earth as a baby, as a child. The thing is, though, (laughs) that quick peek into modern-day Advent calendars, clearly marked as such now, named Advent calendars, was very interesting. (laughs) Legos, Harry Potter, Dog treats, coffee, toys. You get the idea. Advent season calendars. If nothing else, friends, please let me ask the question yet again. If Yahweh God and Yeshua Messiah, Jesus the Christ, can be removed from an event with such ease, and yet the tradition continues on entirely unfazed, Can we not say that the tradition itself may not originate and be sourced in Yahweh God's instruction of how His people celebrate the Son? I'm going to say that again to the best of my ability. In light of what I just said about these Advent calendars just being a very trivial little example of now they're toys and movies and junk and garbage yet still called even the same thing. If Yahweh God and Jesus the Christ can be removed from an event, Christmas, Advent, with such ease, yet the tradition continues on unfazed, can we not say that the tradition may at least not originate and be sourced in God's instruction on how His people celebrate the Messiah? Even the right Advent calendar is a, is a really new idea. It started in the late 19th century, at the earliest from what I discovered. We're talking new things, y'all. We're talking the ways of men. Yet we hold on to these things so tightly, it is on the same plane as Emmanuel, period. We seem to hold... In this nation now, this Christian nation, Christmas 
We, I would say most people hold on to that more tightly than they do Emmanuel himself. I see more people get worked up and agitated about Christmas than I do about the Messiah. The war on Christmas, right? People become enraged. Well, it's really about Jesus. Are you sure? I mean, friends, are you sure that's why you're so offended and upset? Because if it was about him at the beginning, he could not be removed from it. I'm reminded of the account in Scripture. Acts chapter 5. The captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were once again persecuting Peter. God's people were always just finding themselves being questioned, called out into a mob. People get enraged. The high priest called out to Peter and told him in summary, Didn't we tell you to stop saying all these offensive things that oppose our customs and traditions? That's what they were saying now when he was preaching the name of Yeshua. Didn't we warn you? Stop spreading these lies that tear down the traditions that we have built everything that we know and everything that we are upon. Shut your mouth and get out of town. Do we understand that? Because, oh man, the church, oh the Pharisees, oh the Sadducees, the teachers of the law, Oh, those! how could anyone be so blatantly ignorant and arrogant? They, weren't, they were not, friend, any more than you nor I. They clung to their identity. We know God and don't you dare question me. What are you talking about, tear down this temple? This is where God lives and don't you dare talk that way. This is our home. This is our workplace. This is our livelihood. This is our entire identity. Don't you come in here and tell us that we have to do away with this. Liar, deceiver, Satan. Peter's response was in part now, we must obey God rather than men. Interestingly, when the leaders heard this, their response was, quote, they were enraged and wanted to put the apostles to death. Why? Why would they do that? Their hearts were infuriated at the proposal that contradicted all that they themselves wanted to perpetuate. They said, "Uh uh-uh, you don't come in here and question things how we do them. You don't come in here and question things. You're nobody here. Right? I mean, that's how they were treated. Y'all, we do know that, right? They were literally run out of, of everywhere they went, for the most part. Their will, their way, their preference, their traditions were unmovable. We will not give up what we know. We like things just the way they are. You're a heretic. Get out of town. My paraphrased version. We, my friends, are no different. We're no different than that apart from willfully yielding to the same commands of the Lord that were extended to them, which is, friend, sit back, gather up all of your traditions and ways and preferences and put them on the altar. And that's the only way you're going to see the Messiah. As He is. 
as he is. Otherwise, he will repel you away. He will push you out. He will drive you out, friends, unless you come empty-handed, yielded to a new and living way reality, which has to start with the inception of maybe I'm wrong. What I'd like to point out, most of all, is what takes place, place next in light of what I'm proposing today because the text goes on to tell us that Gamaliel shows wisdom. He's kind of hanging out, assessing the situation, seeing the tense moment. This is not going to go well. People are angry. Stones are in people's hands. There's about to be an uproar of the people. So he addresses the religious men of tradition that opposed the truth of the Messiah. That was telling Peter and the disciples, look, y'all, you better shut up and get out of here. He tells them, quote, If their purpose or endeavor is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop them. You may even find yourselves fighting against God himself. Now, admittedly, this will take you following very closely to what I'm going to present. Or else you will miss the point. Because I'm going to be honest, I felt like the Lord brought me to this scripture when I was doing this article, when I was writing this out and getting this ready to record. I didn't understand why. I read it several times and I, I said to myself, and I even said it out loud at the table while I was writing, Lord, this sounds like it contradicts what I'm saying because Christmas is in fact flourishing. Christmas is advancing. It's bigger than it's ever been. So this seems to oppose what I'm saying. So Lord, am I wrong? Are you, are you correcting me? Am I missing this? And so I just sat and I just felt like I, I, I positioned myself in humility to listen to whatever the Lord would speak to me. So, But please pay attention to what I'm saying. Because even as young as it is, Christmas, in the timeline of history, it continues to flourish. According to the natural eye now, it does not in any way look to be failing. Okay, okay so remember the scripture. If this endeavor is of human origin, it will fail. So my question was, God, Christmas is not failing. It generates billions of dollars for the American economy. It's huge. Christians celebrate it now more than they ever have. It's not failing. God, am I wrong? Are you correcting me in this scripture was my pattern of thought. But then I got to thinking about it like this. According to the natural eye, according to the pattern of the world viewpoint and vantage point, It's flourishing. But let me ask you, what is it producing? Is it leading men to regeneration via Emmanuel? Is the primary purpose now, the primary function, and the overreaching result and fruit bringing in a harvest of regenerated God-man each and every season? I mean revival because it's a supernatural convocation to God? Well, we say, we, not myself, I want to be clear, evangelical America says there's a war on Christmas. Nobody cares anymore. Nobody believes anymore. Nobody has faith anymore. Jesus isn't real anymore. It's dying. It's failing. Everyone's leaving and it's only becoming commercial. Keep Christ in Christmas. Please keep him in Christmas, right? 
Listen, friend, to what I'm saying. Christianity herself proves the point that it is not sourced in God. It is an endeavor and a purpose in human origin. And it is failing, friends. It's failing. It's flourishing in the natural. In the worldly sense, boy, it is flourishing in advancing worldly ways. But it is failing in the things that matter. The war on Christmas is relentless. But modern day evangelicals confirm they know this is true. That it's failing by saying, oh, the war on Christmas. Oh, Christ and Christmas, where's Jesus? Y'all, this is evidence of the problem. A celebration that originated in aligning Christianity with the ways of the world in order to lure non-believers into the church, which is a pattern that has never, ever been a pattern of God in scriptures. In this case, by making pagan celebrations Christian, cannot ever bring people to God. It's not sourced in Him. The fruit of of this reasoning makes it clear it's not working. The church is losing the battle. The world that she intended to, quote, win over by being relevant and reaching out and adopting the pagan practices of men has defeated her. She's losing. It's costing greatly. Friends, we have to face this truth. We have to face this reality as spiritual men. If we look at this through the natural eyes, it will seem everything is right and good and perfect and put our foot down, we're keeping Christ in Christmas. Friends, it's not working. It's not working. The whole world has taken Christmas and it's just flourishing across the land. Why is it turning so commercial? That's what I see the tiny bit I look into any Christian publications. How is this happening? We can't, we have to stand for something. We can't allow Christmas to become commercial. It's about Christ. Friends, you can't stop it. You can't change it. You cannot keep Christ in something that was not sourced in him. You can't. So to wrap up this part three, please, friend, consider what I'm saying. Ask the Lord. Spend time in prayer. Spend two hours tonight. God, is this true? Is this possible even? Fast. Pray. Seek the face of the Lord. God, should we celebrate this holiday? And believe He'll speak to you. Give yourself, friend, please, to asking the question. Again, I'm presenting, I'm presenting a thought. I'm presenting some questions. Please listen, but don't just listen to me. I'm presenting the thought. Go to God yourself. Study the scriptures. Find the origin. Find the place where God tells you to celebrate the birth of the Son. Have a reason why you do what you do, if that's what you have to have. 
But first and foremost, can you step back and say, what if I shouldn't even do this? What if this is actually detrimental to the cause of Emmanuel? Friends, this is possible. Listen to this and I'll close this part. I'll have to to pick this up in part four. I'll pick this up in the next part of this. Please, please listen. Please just give yourself to listen. Confronting Christmas, the spiritual man perspective. Amen.